Hello there, my name is Brad, and we are Grace Teaching today. Also, if you're over on Facebook, come on over to Quality of Life Ministries. We're a New Covenant teaching page and uh, encouraging encouragement page. If you're ever uh, over there and you're wanting to hear free Grace teaching, come on over. We'd love to have you there. We're talking about the topic, the I Am. Okay. And so Jesus, he, uh, he used this same phrase, I am, in seven declarations about himself. Okay, in all seven, he combines the I am with inspiring metaphors, which expresses saving relationship towards the world. Okay, for an example, in John 14, 6, a very common, very popular verse that we know, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus quoted that. That was one of the statements that he made. Now we're going to talk about way, truth, and life later on in this teaching. So you want to check that out. But what we want to focus on first is I am. Okay, and so that's what we want to take a look at. When Jesus says I am, remember he was with the Jewish, and now this is in the, and this is before the cross, when Jesus with the Jewish leaders at the time, and uh, they were trying to trap him, and you know how uh, how that went, and and so what he did was he said this to the Jewish leaders. He says, "I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am." Well, what does he mean by that? You know, they were blown away. The Jewish leaders were blown away. Here's a here's a man, a human being. You know, remember the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. He's in an earth suit. And here he claims to be God. That's exactly what they're hearing. He's claiming to be God in their sight. And so this is found in John chapter 8, verse 58. If we want to take a look at the Old Covenant, where do you see Jesus, the I Am, in the Old Covenant? See, because Jesus is not only in the New Covenant through Paul, the Apostle Paul, and in the born-again believer, but he's also in the Gospels with the disciples, and he's also with Moses on the mountain, Mount Sinai. He is in the burning bush. Remember what he said to Moses in Exodus 3, verse 14? He replied, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Can you imagine what Moses must have, what went through his mind at that moment? He is speaking with God. And God has described himself as I am. Jesus claims to be God. Okay, so we want to take a look at these seven declarations, these uh, seven statements, or these, yes, these, where Jesus declares to be the I am, okay? So not only was he God, but we're going to see here in John six thirty five, I am the bread of life, okay? So we want to take a look at the bread of life, what Jesus was talking about there when he said this, okay? 
So we got to remember, Jesus said this, he said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Of course, he's speaking spiritually, folks, and he speaks in the imperative command because he says, whoever comes to me. Now, if you're in Christ, at conversion, you came to him, just like I did. We never go hungry. We never go thirsty, meaning we're satisfied. Now, if you're satisfied, can I add anything to you? Kind of like what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 2.10. He says, and you're complete through your union with Christ. Folks, if we're complete and we're satisfied, completely satisfied, that means we don't need anything to be fulfilled, to be happy. We have it. It's inside out. You see, our spiritual needs for love and acceptance and security and assurance and commitment are met now in Christ. We live from the inside out, folks. We don't live from the outside in anymore. And if you're in Christ, that's good news because it's a, it's a new way. To, you know, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You see, the world pulls in. They pull love and acceptance in all the time. And so do we until we get this revelation that in Christ, it's already met. These spiritual needs are met. And by the way, unconditional love and acceptance and security and assurance and commitment are spiritual needs that are met in Christ. But watch out because the mind tells us that it's a physical thing. Oh, no, this is a physical. My mind is telling me it's a physical need and it, it's, it can be met by this person. No, it cannot. That's a lie. Remember, Satan's the master counterfeiter. He's considered to be very crafty, very cunning, and very deceptive. Remember, he still persuades, entices, and tempts people to take things into their own hands. And one thing he wants to do is get us to live from the outside in to try to pull in what we already have spiritually in Christ. We live from the inside out. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Folks, if, you know, before Christ in Adam, sinner, I can honestly say as a lost person, I was not satisfied. But now in Christ, child of God, I am satisfied. Okay. When Jesus said this, he, uh, he says, I am the bread of life, okay, in John six thirty five, He used this same phrase, I am, in seven other, you know, in seven total declarations about himself, okay? And so, in all seven, he combines I am with inspiring metaphors which express his saving relationship towards the world, okay? Wanted to repeat that if I did repeat it once before I, I just I think that is so important that uh, and and all of these are going to appear in the book of John okay so when you think about bread it's considered um, a staple food a basic dietary item a person you know can survive a long time on only bread and water and so Jesus he's in the backdrop in the old covenant Jesus is is in the old covenant He's, he's in, the, in the Gospels. He's in the Apostle Paul in prison. And so whoever joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so remember, Jesus is always in the backdrop. We want to take a look at that. And always see him there. 
But under this new covenant, he's in the believer. Okay. Jesus states that he is the bread of life just after he has fed 5,000 people in the wilderness. Remember the, when he, he, he said, have them sit down. There was over 5,000. 5,000 people he fed. Okay. He satisfied the people. The manna in the wilderness. Okay. The manna in the wilderness. It was enough for a day. But the people of Israel complained and says, hey, we missed the food we had when we were slaves. You know, the fruit and stuff. Kind of reminds me of today in Christ, you know. At one time, I, I remember being persuaded, enticed, and tempted, and, and I took things into my own hands and, and said things like, I miss the happy hour. I miss the alcohol. I miss the booze and the drugs and, you know, all the other stuff I was doing when I was a slave. It was like I was saying to Jesus, you know, thanks, you know, but is that all we have is you? Boy, and the Holy Spirit hit me with that, convicted me of my righteousness in him, convicted me of what's right. Ooh, that was a tough conviction. Yes, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough, just like the manna was enough, but it was enough for a day. If they tried to collect more manna in the in the wilderness, the people of Israel, if they tried to collect more than enough for the day, it would go wormy, wouldn't it? That's exactly what happens. Jesus is enough for today. That's why he said the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient. That means it's enough. It's enough. Okay. Now, this is found in Exodus 16, verse 4, if you were, you know, wondering where this was. The Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them, though, in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. They tried to collect more than enough, more than enough for today. So they could, so they tried to collect it, stockpile it, and it went wormy. Okay? Remember, when Jesus said he's the bread of life, there's a spiritual hunger in this world. The Greek word for hunger, it, it means I am needy. I am a needy person, okay? That's the spiritual hunger the world has. In Adam's sinner, I can honestly say before Christ, I was a needy person. And I was looking for needs. I was trying to pull from the outside in. And I just tried everything. Everything and everybody. You see? There's nothing out there that I didn't try. Oh, the next new thing. Oh, maybe this will work. Or maybe this will work. You know, Pascal said there was a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every human being that could not be filled by any created thing, only by God made known through Jesus Christ. We're not needy now. If you're in Christ, we're not needy people. Paul Philippians 4.11 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. In other words, I'm satisfied. I'm not needy. The world has a thirst for acceptance. Remember, this is a spiritual need that only is met in Christ. Okay, acceptance. It's huge. 
Acceptance is now met in Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything teaches Jesus. Did you know that? Everything. Yesterday, he was in the backdrop in the Old Covenant, in the, in the burning bush. Today, you know, he, we are one spirit with him. In the wilderness with the people of Israel, he was the manna from heaven. He is in the whole Bible. Jesus is in the whole Bible. Today, he is the spiritual bread that gave us life in him. Forever we are content in him. Remember, Jesus gave his life for us so he could give his life to us so he could transmit his life through us. Okay. The next I am statement Jesus claimed about himself is he says, I'm the light of the world. This is found in John eight twelve. This is the second of Jesus' I am statements. It comes right before he heals the man that was born blind. Now, I don't know about you guys, but close your eyes for a minute and now open your eyes. Light. All of a sudden, there's light, right? You go from darkness to light. So when Jesus said he's the light of the world, can you imagine living in Alaska where it's dark for like six to nine months out of the year? I don't know about you, but I would get pretty depressed living in a dark dark place with no sunshine. Many people in uh, care centers get depressed because they never go outside, especially in the lockdown units where they never go outside. This is, uh, when Jesus makes this statement, the light of the world, this is the second of his uh, statements. I am statements in uh, the Gospel of John. And so remember, even in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, we, uh, he proves this. He proves it. Jesus' words and actions echo in Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, when we think about our identity in him, how we can apply this today, he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Wow. If you want to get to know who you are in Christ, get to know him, you see, because as he is, so are you in this world. You know, a friend of mine once said, Brad, if you want to know who you are in Christ, you have to get to know Jesus. And it made a lot of sense there. Even the Apostle Paul said this, he was given the identity to the body of Christ in Christ at Ephesus. And this is why we can apply this, because as they were in Christ, so are we. He says, you were once darkness, but now you're children of light. So live as children of light. For this light within you <clears throat> produces what is good, what is right, what is true. You see, we were taken out of the dominion of darkness, placed in the, into the wonderful um, Son of Jesus, the light. Remember John 1, 4. In him was life. The life was the light of mankind. You know, life and light are Siamese twins, kind of like grace and peace. You cannot have peace without grace. And it takes grace to experience peace. Same goes with light. It takes life to produce light. You know, I have a lot of power tools laying around. My wife has many in the kitchen. 
but none of these will even work. They're like a paperweight unless they're plugged into a power source, right? And that's the way, that's the way, that's what he's referring to. And so, you know, he, he goes on to give the identity to the body of Christ. He says, no one lights a, a lamp and puts it under a basket. No, the, the light is lit so it can be on a stand. So everybody that's in the dark room can walk in and notice the light, you see. We're in this world. We're not of it. We're light in the darkness. Darkness is just walking out the door. Light is, is, is good. It's right. It's true. It's kind. It's patient. Let there be light. Jesus said, I am the door. In John 10, verse 7 and verse 9. This I am statement stresses that no one can enter the kingdom of heaven by any other means than Christ himself. Imagine uh, being on the outside of your house one night and you've lost your key. How are you going to get in the house? Well, especially if nobody's in there. If nobody's in the house, you're all locked in. You're locked out. You're not. You're going to have a hard time getting in, aren't you? And so that's what it, that's what he's referring to. Jesus is uh, the door in. If the door is open, you see, and then and so you're going to go through the door. If if the door is open, you'll go in. But if the door is closed, you won't get in. So and and what he's saying here, he's saying, look, if you know me, there's no problem getting in the house. Get it? There's no problem. But if you don't know me, well. Depart from me. I never knew you. The door's not open. You see, and that's what he's talking about here. And so he is the one and only way into the fold. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, a man is a thief and a robber. There's no other way into heaven. He's the door to get in. You see, I am the good shepherd. This is found in John 10, verses 11 through 14. With this I am statement, Jesus portrays his great love and care. He's the one who willingly protects his flock, even to the point of death. You know, a good shepherd leads, guides, and directs a sheep. And we are. We are his sheep. When Jesus called himself the good shepherd, he unmistakably took for himself one of the one of God's titles in the Old Testament. The Lord is my shepherd, found in Psalms 23.1, where David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I'm completely satisfied. What's amazing about David in Psalms 23.1, when he says, I don't have any needs, I'm satisfied, if you look at Psalms 18, verse 6, he's in distress. And he says, I called upon the Lord and he heard me. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. You see, and so one, one, one point of his life, he's in distress. The next minute, you know, he's okay. The Lord saved him, rescued him, satisfied him. He's okay. And so that's another way to look at what Jesus is saying when he says, I am the, uh, the good shepherd. 
I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, Jesus, he made this I am statement immediately before raising Lazarus from the dead. This is John 11, verse 25. Imagine that. Right before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said this. It's like he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And and, and the disciples go with him and, and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Man, that's comforting, isn't it? Because even though we die, we will live. We're spiritual beings. You're having a human experience. Will these human earth suits pass away? Yes, they will. But as spiritual beings, we will go on forever. To be absent from these bodies is to be present with the Lord. You see, very, very, that's our security. Our, our eternal security is found in Him. Okay, and now... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is found in John 14, 6. What's the context of this verse? I know there's a lot of us have taken this verse out of context and we've thrown it out there. But we have to understand the context is in verse 5. That's right. One verse before Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It was actually Thomas who said to the Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus replied, I am the way. What he's basically saying there is when he says he's the way, that means to know him. He's saying, Thomas, you know me, I'm the way into heaven. See? If you know him, you know, the Apostle Paul says, my determined purpose is that I may become more intimately acquainted with him. The Apostle Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Get to know him better. Do you see that? That's what Jesus means, by the way. He says, you got to know me. See, if you reject Jesus Christ your whole life, you don't know him. See? And he's the only way to heaven. That's what he's saying there. And then he says, the truth. What is the truth? It's going back to the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 6, where saved people are satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You see, lost people are hungry and thirsty. Saved people are satisfied. You see, our spiritual needs are met from the inside out. Remember what spiritual needs are that are already met in Christ. Unconditional love, acceptance, security, assurance. Everything's going to be okay. I'm held together. My unconditional love needs are met. I'm living from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus, for living through me. You see, now we have something to give away. See? Because we're fulfilled. We're satisfied. Our spiritual needs are met. So our truth, the truth, when Jesus said he's the truth, he is the source that we go to. Whoever's joined to him is one spirit with him. You see? So we learn how to live from the inside out. When he says the life, he said he was the life. He's talking about eternal life, folks. Eternal life has no beginning. It has no end. At conversion, you entered into eternal life. You're going to live forever. That's good news. You're never going to die. Okay? That's really good news. John 10.10, I've come that you might have life. He's talking about eternal life. Okay? 
John says it like this, and this is a testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have the life. If you're in Christ and you've said yes to him at conversion, you have eternal life. But for those who reject Christ and don't want nothing to do with him, they don't have eternal life. So this is encouraging for you who are in Christ. And finally, Jesus said this in John 15. He says, I am the vine. Now, he's speaking to unbelievers. He's, he's referring to an unbeliever and a believer in context here. In John 15, verse 4, we see there where he says, A branch cannot bear fruit on its own. Such branches are gathered up and thrown in a fire and they are burned. That's a person who rejects him. See, a branch is someone who rejects Jesus Christ completely and chooses to live a self-reliant life their whole life. But then he goes to John 15, 5, and he's referring to all of us who are in him. Because he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abide in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the neat thing about a branch in a vine is the vine is in the branch and the two become one. Now, he produces his character. That's his fruit. Found in Galatians 5, where we see the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, and self-control. Folks, we get to just go for the ride. He produces his character. We get to bear it as we're one spirit with him. And so, this uh, this uh, final meta, this final statement that Jesus claimed to be the vine in the Gospel of John emphasizes the sustaining power of him. So there, there are not, I want to repeat this, there are not many ways to God. There's only one way. Remember Jesus said, I am the way. God bless. And remember, when Jesus said, I am, he was claiming to be the I am God. Jesus is God. Jesus is the I am. God bless.